And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I want to know, I, I have a question. I have to tell you about today's episode sponsor. But the first thing I want to know is, are you thinking about starting a new business or expanding a current one? Because if you are, then you probably know by now it is crucially important that you get your business set up, maintained, in compliance, do all of those things properly. And that's exactly what the folks at Universal Registered Agents do. LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps, nonprofits, no matter how you want to structure your business, it's not a problem. Learn more by clicking the Universal registered agents link in the show notes. And I can tell you from experience, you want to do it right the first time. So let the experts get involved. Now, friends, today, I, I'm going to wax poetic for a second, if you will allow me to do so. Uh, we have a guest today that I'm, I'm just so excited about. And I, I, I have fangirled all over her. It's been a little awkward, and I'd like to apologize. Uh, but Shanee Tate-Ross is Vice President of Sales and Marketing at T-Mobile Center. And I have to tell you, I've seen her speak. Uh, she is a brilliant mind, a, a beautiful human being, uh, has a wonderful family, just an amazing individual. And I am so, so grateful that she has decided to take the time to chat with us. Shani, thank you so much for joining us today. Lauren, it is a pleasure to join you today. And thank you so much for those very kind words. I appreciate it more than you know. Absolutely. Well, I, I have gotten my awkward on you like when we've met in person. Like I, I'm well aware that I do it, but I just I think you should know that you are you're a hero or a shiro. Uh, well, well, let's go ahead and get started because mm -hmm. uh, I want our listeners to understand why I think you're so cool. Uh, but you know, tell us, tell us about your journey. Uh, my journey is uh, certainly, I like to say it's shorter than I think, but then I'm reminded on a daily basis that when I think of, when I refer to 20 years ago, that maybe it's not as uh, short as I'd like to think, and I'm not exactly the young whippersnapper. We don't, we don't have, we don't have to tell anybody that. Like, okay. It's okay. I, I appreciate it. Was it. Just yesterday, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep it to ourselves. Yeah. Um, for sure, just between us. When I got the bug, really is what I would say. Uh, my journey started. So I don't know if I had really great parents. I think I do, or really bad parents. I'll let uh, you and the audience be the judge. Okay. I went to my first show when I was four years old. <gasps> Wait, what show was it? It was uh, Diana Ross was my first concert. We were living in Chicago at the time. And as a bonus, the opening act was the Jacksons. So <gasps> Shut the front door. That's a You have amazing parents. That's a piece of history right there. I like to think so. <laughs> I like to think so. So although um, my cousin and I may have been the only people in kindergarten and preschool who were at the show, okay. um, that's when I, I mean, I can distinctly remember going back to that individual date and that show and everything about it. It was all six of the Jacksons, not sure. the Jackson five. 
um, and really witnessing the spirit of community. So that only live entertainment and sports can bring. So fast forward, um, a Kansas City native, um, went to high school at St. Teresa's Academy. Then I went to college at Mizzou, had a wonderful experience there, came back. I went to UMKC for graduate school and I started my very first job, which was in baseball for the Royals. So, oh, okay. Uh, a little known fact, I uh, cut my teeth there prior to the World Series win. Uh, I was there during the 100 lost uh, seasons. Oh, so, man. <laughs> you know, that's where you really learn, right? So uh, we always laugh nowadays and we say, you know, there are certain artists who don't need our help to sell tickets. We basically just throw them up and go. Right. But it's the people who need a little bit of extra help. Uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth and uh, earn my stripes, you will, during sure. those 100 lost seasons. So. Um, I did that for seven seasons. And then when T-Mobile Center opened uh, in 2007, I came over here and it has been a wonderful journey and a wonderful ride. Um, at the Love time it. it was Sprint Center. And certainly yeah. uh, we've had a wonderful <laughs> journey since then. Um, now T-Mobile Center. And we are very much looking forward to reintroducing ourselves, not only as a venue, but really uh, to Kansas City and the spirit of community um, as people gather back together as we continue yeah. to emerge from the pandemic. Well, and I have to tell you, so so I, I, I'm going to mention this. Please forgive me, folks, if I if I misname T-Mobile Center. I, I got used to calling it Sprint Center, but it has actually been kind of exhilarating seeing the pink branding come up. And and I do have to tell our listeners, uh, I need you to know how how on brand Shani is. She is wearing mm-hmm. T-Mobile pink right now. I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate (laughs) that. It is, uh, we like to call it the magic of magenta. Yes. Um, Okay. So uh, we are incredibly fortunate to make the transition uh, following the merger. And we can talk about that story, Lauren, too, if you would like. But certainly um, T-Mobile has been a wonderful partner in terms of investing in Kansas City, but also being very concerned and very uh, deliberate about the guest entertainment experience. Yeah. So we're looking forward to lots of new announcements uh, during the end of 2022 that continues to be a benefit for T-Mobile customers. So awesome. lots to come. Yeah, it, it's been really interesting. You know, so so Sprint was one of Kansas City's kind of anchor, flagship, large corporations. Um, you know, and so, so being on the ground and watching T-Mobile come into this community, it's been really impressive, actually, to see how community focused they have been, particularly mm-hmm. given the fact that, you know, we're still kind of in a pandemic, kind of coming out of it. But I mean, it had to have been challenging uh, to, to be an institution, an organization coming into a new community and trying to make those, those really big footprints and really mm-hmm. like assert yourself as a, a community partner and, and a part of the community. So, I mean, kudos to, to the T-Mobile team, to you, mm-hmm. uh, and to everybody on your team who has, who has been working to make that happen. That had to have been quite a journey. We, and I'll tell you kind of how that started. Um, so on March 12th, 2020, we all know was the day that the world changed. Sure. So, um, oh, man. we all thought, <laughs> I mean, if understatement there, right? Yeah. So we all thought we were going home for two weeks Yeah. for a little extended spring break. I remember that, that, that neat little unintended vacation that we were all planning. Right. <laughs> so, um, there have always been whispers about, um, 
a merger or an ownership transfer um, as far as Sprint was concerned. But, you know, so on the day that the world changed, you know, we all went home for a two week vacation to try to figure out, okay, what is this thing called COVID? Right. Is it a thing? What, you know, which we all now know it is a thing. Yeah. Um, and then we learned that from a sports and entertainment perspective, the world was shutting down. Oh, yeah. And so every day there was a new announcement. Then we went on lockdown, as the entire country did. Right. And um, we, as an organization, being the arena, uh, made some very uh, difficult decisions in terms of furloughs and other uh, layoffs and other yeah. efforts to cut costs because effectively our business went away. We were the first to go away and we were the last to come back. Well, and I mean, when you think about it, so how, how many seats are actually in the T-Mobile Center? Approximately 19,000. Yeah, that is exactly the opposite of proper pandemic protocol. Like, Absolutely. bring 19,000 people together? No, that's right off the table. Right. Uh, so, so I mean, yeah, you were, you were definitely put between a rock and a hard place for sure. But I, I, I imagine, I'm actually going to ask you this question, but mm-hmm. ta- talk to us about how your team kind of, because you had, like you said, you had to make those difficult, you had to make those difficult decisions. You had to, I mean, your livelihood was taken away mm-hmm. for a, what turned out to be an indefinite period of time. So, um, yeah. so hard. <laughs> like, talk to us about that. So, you know, we are going on our two week vacation, extended spring break. Um, and then this T-Mobile transition, um, the announcement of the merger. And then we navigated a process while we we're trying to figure out okay, what are we going to do? Who can homeschool? What do people talk about in kindergarten? What are we doing here? And, you know, certainly being married to an entrepreneur from my personal lens, everyone was basically trying to figure out, you know, we're all swimming in the ocean in the dark. None of us yeah. had any idea what COVID was, what the health implications were. We just knew that we had to stay home. We were trying to figure out what was next, just like everybody else was, but both from a health perspective, from a work perspective from how are our lives going to be different moving forward? Well, so this T-Mobile announcement was really the the bright light for us because it gave us something that we could hold on to. Uh, At the time, as you can imagine, we had 13 years of branding to uncover. We did a most excellent job of putting the Sprint (laughs) logo absolutely everywhere. So whether it was a photo, a painting, um, I know you've been to the arena before. You see the paintings um, that are on the walls yeah. throughout a variety of levels. There are 435 of those, and all 435 had a Sprint logo on them. Oh, that is God. just one example of how much we had done. And really, we went from a team of 80 full-time associates in March to yeah. eight on April 1st of 2020. Oh, my gosh. You poor things. Well... Uh, I, I asked that question. I had a sneaky reason for mm-hmm. asking that question, just so you know. Uh, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to brag on your team a little bit because yes. you put in Herculaneum amounts of effort to make uh, several challenging, I mean, we'll call them opportunities, you yes. know, some, some of them better than others. Certainly, you know, I feel like the merger is probably a good opportunity. I think, as we all know, the pandemic was a pretty rough one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was hoping that you would brag on your team and you did, because that's what good leaders do. And I knew you were going to do that. But, they, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I would just echo from, from that community perspective, I, I would echo the sentiment that, you know, 
what you did, what your team pulled off and is continuing to pull off, I'm mm -hmm. sure, uh, was really, really difficult. And you did it. You did it in a way that was very community inclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I just I know that I've seen T-Mobile activating around Kansas City like you, you, you care about about the city that we live in. And that is that's pretty amazing. So so thank you for that. Uh, I, I would applaud if I weren't mm -hmm. writing, but I am writing. Uh, and, and I want to ask you, you actually touched on something really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, folks, you have probably, you're probably familiar with Shinny's husband, Davion Ross. And this interview is going to be about Shinny. However, uh, it does bear mentioning that we have, a, that Shinny's husband is a very successful entrepreneur here in the Kansas City area and has been also featured on the Startup Hustle podcast. So definitely pull a, a search for Davion Ross and listen to that episode with Matt and Davion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very, very cool. But, you know, I know that you have some some beautiful children. I, I've we seen do. pictures there. Absolutely just gorgeous kids. Um, and knowing how intelligent their parents are, I can't imagine the apples don't fall far from the tree. So one of the questions that I have for you mm -hmm. is... You know, you, you went through this very tumultuous time at, at work, and, and, and I'm sure that many positives came from it, but um, admittedly a difficult time. So I want to mm -hmm. talk to you about, about your family and about your, your life outside of T-Mobile Center. Mm -hmm. What was that like, kind of weathering so many storms on so many fronts and having to manage things like virtual school and supporting your, your entrepreneur husband and supporting yourself, really? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's a part of the conversation that we as women sometimes forget to talk about. How do we support ourselves when the shit is hitting the fan? Right. Um, so so my yeah, my question to you is, you know, can you expand on that a little bit? Talk to us about, about life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a tumultuous time, like you said, but it was a great time to get centered. And what I mean by that is it really heightened in awareness, right? Uh, yeah. In terms of not only what were my needs are as an individual in my variety of roles, whether it's wife, friend, uh, relative, mother, um, certainly concerned community member, and then also, you know, Lauren, you and I have talked before about the ability to give grace and really just yeah. take a step back and say, okay, I need to evaluate where I am. And all of our resources are finite, whether that's time, money, access. And really it became an opportunity to be very intentional about what was not only important and really empowering my yes uh, by being able to say no. Um, mm -hmm. And even though sometimes that no is a not right now. So right. what I realized, you know, in terms of trying to homeschool two kindergartners in a different class, bless teachers. <laughs> um, <For> sure. <laughs> that's not my calling, but I'm very grateful for them and their spirit and their talents and skills. Uh, in terms of supporting from an entrepreneurial perspective, um, we're not sure if we double count the pandemic years or if we don't count them at all. Yeah. or how it goes. But I think that um, in that particular time frame, what I am most um, proud of is not only the relationships that we were able to sustain, but also just having a little bit of perspective about really what is most important. Yeah, And that's your, your legacy of friendship, your legacy of leadership. Um, and really, instead of going through the motions and whatever motions they may be for your role or wherever you are in your particular time and space is... You can't take that for granted. 
Yeah. Because things that we thought were automatic were automatically taken away from us. I'll tell you at our first event, which was Disney on Ice, where we had people in masks and we had to have a six foot radius. And I can tell you all the horror stories of measuring oh, God. a six foot and <laughs> I making pods <laughs> and all this, the starts and the stops, right? But you get emotional when you think about what's going on here. It's like yeah. no one wants to come to the arena to see me on a Tuesday afternoon. Right. People will pay I mean, you know, upwards of 50. Like that, but okay. <laughs> you know, very few people will come to see me, uh, will pay to come to see me at the arena. All right. That, so, that's fair. Fair enough. Um, but the spirit of community that you see when people gather together yeah. for live entertainment, it's unmatched and it can't be duplicated. It cannot be replicated. It's not a virtual experience. It really is an opportunity to see the best of what our country is. Yeah. Um, and what our community can be. So I get emotional when I go back and I think about it because it was something that I had taken for granted. And yeah. I promise you, I won't do that anymore. It is every single time that people gather together, regardless of genre, or if I know all the songs or none of the songs, it is, it's just, it's incredibly special. And what we see through the power of community um, is something that Kansas City is known for, but it's something that I don't take for granted at all. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I, I think about just just music. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not even talking about like sports. I'm not talking about speakers. I'm not, you know, any of the things that T-Mobile Center does and does very mm-hmm. well. I might add, uh, but you know, when you think about music, like pretty much every society for, since the dawn of known history mm-hmm. has connected over music. There's this absolutely this evolutionary, very primal. Uh, thing that, you know, music speaks to us. So when you convene, you know, 19,000 people around a mm-hmm. shared love, because uh, you don't buy tickets. Well, some people might, but most people don't buy tickets to shows that they don't, that, that have artists that they don't love, you know? Right. But I, I so I actually went to see, I was very lucky, uh, full scale, actually, mm-hmm. Uh, they do that sweet and great thing. And I got to go see Elton John and it was like a bucket list item for me. I freaked out while mm-hmm. I was there, but I just remember like looking around at everybody in this giant sold out arena mm-hmm. and everybody is just so excited to be there, like yes. be together, be enjoying these hits from, you know, our history, like right. all singing along and dancing. There were people in the other like sweet boxes. We were all just kind of looking at each other and dancing around. And, yep. you know, music has an incredible power to, to convene. And I, and I would say the same, you know, I, I'm not as much of a sports ball enthusiast, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, sports is the same. Like anytime you can bring together around a shared interest and a shared love, mm-hmm. that kind of community, it's really hard to beat. And so, so being without it for two ish, mm-hmm. three, you know, two plus years, mm-hmm. um, it, it was really eye opening. but I, I love that you've taken that knowledge and turned it into a positive. Like instead of saying, Hey, it really sucked that this happened. What you're saying is let's never take it for granted again. Let's remember how powerful this force is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a, that's a really lovely way to look at it for sure. Um, And it's something that I have to do, Lauren, to be a hundred percent honest with you. Uh, It's important for us to recognize the trauma, right? Because yeah, some of that trauma lingers. societal trauma that we all right. underwent. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, when people come to see us, it's not, they're not coming to see me. They're coming to make memories with their family, with their friends, yeah. with their spouse, with their partner. Our job is to get out of the way. Yeah. Right? So we win every night. So when people are like, oh, well, what do you do? Well, the nuts and bolts of what I do is, you know, certainly I oversee um, a fantastic team 
who sells premium inventory, partnerships, marketing, digital sales. Those are the disciplines that we have. But yeah. our job is to have a opportunity to connect with our guests and our patrons, our clients, um, and make memories. Yeah. We win every night. Our goal is to make sure we rem- we maintain our winning streak. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm going to call out one of your employees that you have a sweet attendant by the name of Teresa, by the by. Uh, yes. She's absolutely amazing. Um, and, and, but Teresa is, you know, one piece of the T-Mobile Center experience team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I just have to say that, that y'all do an amazing job of... Oh, just create, like, as you said, creating that experience, it's really interesting. Um, you know, when people talk about innovator, like one of the things mm-hmm. that I always say is like, we, we don't create the experience. We create the platform. We, exactly. that, that's what we do. And it sounds like that's kind of what T-Mobile is hoping to do as well. We're going to create all of these really interesting touch points and accents point, accent points and bring in good shows. And mm-hmm. we're going to create a really good environment, but then we're going to, you know, let you take it away and make the experience what you want with your family, with your friends. Is it a girls' night? Is it a mm-hmm. you know first concert with the Jackson Five for four year olds? Shanine, mm-hmm. like you're you're creating these memories and you're allowing space for your patrons and your guests mm-hmm. to do that for themselves just by creating the platform. So Absolutely, that that is uh, that is fascinating, and I and I love that. Uh, another thing that I love, and I, I do have to break in here for just a second, but you know what I love? I love compliance. I'm a process person. And so I want to make sure that my I's are dotted, my T's are crossed. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about universal registered, registered agents again. Uh, you know, if you are setting up a new business, it's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of questions you can always go to Google, but sometimes you get more confused, Uh, When you don't have that kind of specialized help and attention and advice, staying in compliance, making sure that you're doing things the right way, it can be tough. That is why it is so important to have expert help along the way. And that is exactly what you're going to find when you visit universalregisteredagents.com. They're going to help you with all of your business setup and maintenance needs. They can help you set up an LLC, corporation, nonprofit, wherever you're located, whatever you need. And in addition to helping you create the right kind of entity, URA, Universal Registered agents.com can also help with registered agent services. These are a wide variety of corporate services uh, and they can help you meet the needs of independent directors. So, so they do a really great job and they make entrepreneurs jobs easier. And those are the kinds of, of organizations that we love to work with, love to partner with anything. We know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. So let the experts take it off your plate. Universalregisteredagents.com. You can check the show notes for the link. Uh, definitely check them out. Do All right, it right, so or do it twice, right? Heck yeah, exactly. And when you do it, when you do it the second time, if you didn't do it right the first time, it is always more of a headache and more expensive. So let's you said let's it. That. Um, <laughs> well, friends, we are here with Shani Tate Ross uh, with T-Mobile Center, and we're actually this is another one of this is one of those situations that happens on occasion where we're not really having the conversation that I intended, but we're still having a great conversation. So I'm going to go with it. Uh, but we're actually kind of talking about creating experiences. Uh, which is is what T-Mobile Center specializes in. Um, they have made a pretty pretty fantastic run of building business around experience and connection and mm-hmm. shared shared love of you know music and sports and and all Absolutely. Of those things. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask you 
is what what are some of the ways that that you know that T-Mobile Center kind of crafts and hones that guest experience? Uh, the first thing I would say is that we treat ladies and gentlemen like they're ladies and gentlemen. All right. right? So <laughs> um, we have to recognize that people have a choice when it comes to their discretionary income, yeah. whether it is coming here or going to a mall or going to a park or doing nothing at all. Um, the fact that people choose to invest their money with you for a, like you said, a shared community experience, it really is a privilege and an honor. So you have to treat it as such. It's not an automatic, right? So you also right. have to meet people where they are. So you'll see a variety of price points. You'll see a variety of experiences, whether it's suites or premium seating or a VIP experience or a family experience. What's most important is that we continue to cultivate um, future lovers of uh, live entertainment. So I was the first person who, you know, at my first experience was a concert, but I distinctly remember going to see the Harlem Globetrotters with my dad. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I don't remember the score of the game. I'm going to guess that the Globetrotters win or won, I guess I should say, because they always <laughs> do or they've never lost, I guess, in the past 50 years or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, we are curators of memories and part yeah. of the memory is a great guest experience. So uh, all, regardless of where you are as part of, uh, you know, whether it's hospitality, certainly uh, getting to yes is important, but, you know, also embracing the no or setting expectations. And I always go back to our job is not necessarily to be nice. Our job is to be kind. Uh, that means we need to be uh, confident um, in being able to deliver uh, whatever experience we're talking about, whether it's a premium experience or hospitality, but it's also important for us to be truthful, um, for us to set expectations and not only live up to those expectations, but exceed them. Yeah. So those are the distinct, you know, we just, dis I distinguish those two things because people think from a client service or hospitality perspective, I'm going to call and complain and get whatever I want. That's not necessarily it gang. I want everyone on our team to feel empowered that, they are making a good decision because that's why we hire people, right? It's for their right. judgment. So we want you to be empowered to do whatever you can to exceed expectations within your power. We're not asking you to do anything outside of your lane, but we want you to do what is necessary to make that event special or that experience special for that individual guest and recognize that, again, it's a choice for people to spend their money with you and it also invest their time. One thing emerging from the pandemic that we always remind ourselves too is that you never know. It may be my 1400th event. It may be yeah. my seventh show this week, but it's somebody's first time being here. We need to make sure that we try to make everybody's Aww. experience the very first time to that, be just that special. Yeah, no, I, I love that because you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you operate within a very, uh, a jam packed space. Like there mm -hmm. are any number of events and things that people can attend that, that you're, you're, you're kind of in competition with. I mean, I, I feel like you've definitely got some differentiators, mm -hmm. um, you know, w within the market, but you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's an honor for people to spend their time with you. And like mm -hmm. the, the fact that you and your team give weight to that, uh, I think that that's what makes it so special. 
one of the things that I love to do on this show, mm -hmm. you know, not everybody that listens to this show is going to be, you know, in charge of a 19,000 seat mm -hmm. venue. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are certainly things that can be transferable. And so I'm going to ask you, can you give some advice to our like practical, applicable advice that our listeners at home could apply in their businesses? Mm -hmm. How do you create a great guest, great customer experience? What does that process look like? Like when you're talking with your team and you're thinking about things that you can roll out to make the experience just that more special to enhance mm -hmm. it. What does that process look like? I'm going to start with a piece of advice that I got in my formative years from a, um, a former supervisor All right. who said, you should be listening twice as much as you speak. Love it. Um, I think that we underestimate the value of listening um, in an effort to problem solve. So part of creating those experiences is to really pay attention and pick up cues, right? Yeah. In terms of what we're trying to deliver, a lot of times we think, okay, this is what I want to say. This is what I need to do. Here are the things on my agenda. And oftentimes we underestimate how much people want a voice. They want to be heard. Yeah. Um, it's important for us as we look to either maintain a great experience or improve upon an experience. Um, I always joke and say, I want our clients to call us when they've had a challenge. I can't promise that I'm going to fix everything. Right. But I also know that there is nothing worse than you thinking you're the jam. And you are so not, <laughs> and you're the only person who does not know. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody else is talking about it. So the only way that you can improve is through being aware of what yeah. needs to change. And so you're going to make those changes, but you can't do that if you are only willing to hear the good news. Well, and that that's, I, I love that because that's so much a part of the entrepreneurial process. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I like to say a lot, like you, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have an entrepreneurial mindset. You know, the entrepreneurial mindset, it's about a lot of things. It's about creativity and resourcefulness and, and all of that. But one of the things that is a, a deep endemic part of the entrepreneurial process is iteration. Um, you know, there's this concept, I think I talked about it in another previous show, there's this concept in Japan called Kaizen. And Kaizen means continuous improvement. Uh, that's all it means. You know, you just apply Kaizen in your life and your, your goal is to continuously be better, do better, uh, whether that is when you're like developing a product or whether you're developing an experience for your guests. Mm -hmm. How do you consistently and constantly get better. And so it be it, to your point, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, the core of that is talking to your customers, the people that you are building the experience for, mm -hmm. what do you need? What will make this better? So for our entrepreneurs listening at home, you know, no matter how that looks to you, whether you're just having conversations with your customers, whether you're sending out surveys, whether you are, Oh, I don't know, creating user personas and, and, you know, all of focus groups, all of those things that you can do, uh, creating those touch points and those access mm -hmm. points and those listening opportunities, um, just so key to the guest experience. And I, I love that that's kind of the crux of your, your process. It has to be. And you <laughs> yeah. know, Lauren, you talked about the entrepreneurial mindset when I interview folks, uh, for positions either here in Kansas city or across the globe, that's the one thing I look for. Um, clearly no one here is, there are other locations in the city where they are doing very difficult work in terms of cancer research or yeah. brain surgery. We are here to have fun. You know, we it's all not all that complicated. Fun. It has been a rough uh, couple of years. It, I know, mean, 
But, you know, clearly, yes. So it has been rough. But when we talk about like the entrepreneurial mindset, that is what I look for, regardless of location, job title, because I need to hire folks who not only embrace innovation, but who are natural problem solvers, regardless of what the problem is. Um, I think in the world, we have enough problem staters in terms of people who just want to talk about exactly what the challenge is. But how are we going to improve or right. solve a problem? And that's the lens that I need you to bring, regardless of whether or not you are on our security team, um, or our guest services team, or you're selling premium inventory, or yeah. you're marketing, you're figuring out how you're going to sell tickets. It is important for you to identify whatever challenge or obstacle there may be. And what are the alternatives? Yeah. I So when I was much, much younger, somebody gave me an invaluable piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that advice was never present a problem without also presenting a solution. Absolutely. And, and, and the fact is, like, sometimes that solution, it might not be the one that you go with. But what I think the point is, is that, you know, there are, pl- to, as you said, there are plenty of naysayers out there. There are people who are going to kind of pick apart, pro- like... Those people exist and that's fine, but mm-hmm. you want to be proactively a part of trying to identify the path forward. If you're going to be, if you're going to, you know, be critical, that's fine. Constructive criticism is always great, but constructive means you have to have a path and, you know, otherwise it's just criticism. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I love that. And it, it touches on something that I really want to ask you because mm-hmm. you mentioned this earlier, you talked about. Uh, you, you keep on coming coming back to your team, like mm-hmm. when you're when you're looking for team members, and you mentioned that you want your team to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. You want them to be problem solvers, and so I'm going to ask you, as a leader within your organization, and I know that you are a fantastic, incredibly. I just happen to know that you're a very well thought of leader within your organization. I've heard feedback, mm-hmm. uh, but my question to you is, how do you create a culture? that empowers your employees, that um, allows them the, the, the grace and space, one of my favorite mm-hmm. you know, little phrases, that allows them the grace and space to, be, to become leaders in their own right, really, because that's what you're asking. When you're Absolutely. asking for imp- empowered problem solvers, you're asking for leaders with mm-hmm. an organization. So, so how, how do you create that culture? I think the first thing you have to do is to resist your natural urge as a type A personality to yeah. be a fixer. Sure. Um, Part of, I think a lot of times um, as leaders, we try to go to, okay, what's the problem? I'll solve it. Like uh, Vanilla, I said. I, I, I really just thought that I, if there was a problem, yo, I'd solve See? it. <laughs> it all, all comes right. back to music, right? <laughs> of but, course. You know, it's important, you know, as leaders, we're coaches. And so yeah. if we talk about our legacy of leadership, it's important for us not only to be able to provide uh, feedback and different perspectives and certainly a different lens on what a challenge or an issue is. But our job is to coach and to nurture. And some of those are really great conversations. And sometimes they're really difficult conversations. But when we build them upon trust and with a shared vision, that's yeah. what's important. I think that we were all too, you know, only recently have people been, been very intentional about culture Yeah. Um, as a general, you know, yeah, the first I definitely hear the- more people talking about it. Absolutely. But I know that, you, you know, cultural is not an accident. Yeah. I mean, you can love everyone and be not productive at all. Right. So, you know, I think that, you know, in terms of what are your values, what are important, what's, what are the things that are important to you um, and things that are important to your team and certainly having measurement for those things and have fun. 
life is short. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is way too short to waste it doing something you don't love with yeah. people you don't love. So, you know, be very intentional about creating a culture and nurture that culture, right? And the yeah. grass may be greener on the other side, um, but work within what you have and recognize your role. Right. Because we all, it's not the leader's role to create the culture. It's yeah. everyone's, it's everyone's responsibility. Yeah, I absolutely agreed. You know, it, it's one of those situations when you're creating a strong community and I, mm -hmm. communities can take any form. And I, I, yep. I talk about this a lot. You know, we could be talking about the Kansas City community. We could be talking about the T-Mobile Center community. We could be talking about the family community. Like when you bring people together and there is a culture and there is an, a shared understanding of morals and values and principles, that's mm -hmm. a community. Uh, and so I, I'm speaking about the T-Mobile community now. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it sounds like you have created a culture of psychological safety. Um, you know, psychological safety is, is where you create a, a team of people who are empowered to question, mm -hmm. to ideate, um, to, to serve autonomously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's like, all of those things are so crucial. If, if you want your team to be satisfied with their workplace. And, and, and I think we all know at this point that people don't leave bad jobs. They be, leave bad managers. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, if you give people the space to, to, to own their, to own their stuff. <laughs> I don't and know, we all have stuff. Like, I'm sure stuff. I said that you said it. Yes. Own stuff. Uh, you know, when you, when you allow people to do that, you allow people to grow. And when you allow people to grow with an organization, you create empowered team members who are bought in to the mm -hmm. collective success of the team. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask a question and I, I'm going to go a little bit, uh, off book here because it, it's tangentially related to our conversation, I okay. think, but we have not talked about it yet. Um, when we talk about psychological safety, one of the things that, that we talk about is, is failure. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so how do you feel about failure, Shani? And this can be you personally, or this can be you as a leader within, you know, the T-Mobile center team. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little um, bit about failure. <laughs> you know, uh, before I get very eloquent, uh, <laughs> no one likes to fail, right? Yeah. But from failure, if we fail forward and we fail fast, right, comes growth. And, you know, I think about and, you know, I'll call out, you know, Davion and one of his entities that he works with at DD Sports and Shot Tracker is the evolution, watching him evolve. Um, yeah from what the product was initially to what it is today. Yeah. That didn't come because all the brilliant ideas just kept coming. It became be it, the, where they are today and the success that they've had um, internationally is because they were, it, unfortunately, they experienced failure. Yeah. Um, failure sparks growth through the right lens. So you have to be, you know, certainly intention, intentional about failing failing fast, but you can't be afraid to make a mistake. And right. that's what's most important is that it's not about always doing what's right, doing what's safe. Yeah. It's about figuring out what solution you're trying to put forth. And some of it's going to be right. Some of it you're going to need to pivot on, um, but always keep moving. Okay. Because once you stop moving, you're going to be passed by. 
I mean, that feels so, like an episode title right there. Always keep moving. <laughs> keep moving forward. Absolutely. That's Maintain right. the momentum. I love it. Well, and I, and I have to tell you, I've been thinking about this uh, through the our time talking together, but Shani, I did you a disservice when we were prepping. I forgot to tell you about something that I do in these episodes. Okay. I'm going to tell you about it now, and our listeners are going to get a little bit of insight into pre-show prep, uh, but I'm about to ask you what we call the human question. And I ask the human question for a couple of reasons. This is actually mm-hmm. like straight from my prep spiel that I just totally forgot today. So okay. my apologies. Uh, but the spiel is the human question is a dumb question that has nothing to do with anything. It's mm-hmm. not intended to break your brain. Uh, some examples would be what kind of toppings do you like on your pizza? Or if you had a superpower, what would you want? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I ask it, I, I have a few reasons. Number one, I like it. It's fun for me. Mm-hmm. And this is the one part in the show where you're going to be subject to my whims. Uh, number two, it is fun for our listeners. It kind of humanizes you a little bit and we get to have a fun conversation about something fun. Uh, but three, that is probably the most important. It is your cue that we are almost done. This is the last question I'm going to ask you. And I usually don't really base the human question on previous conversation, but I'm going to ask this because I'm just super curious. Okay. Uh, so knowing that your first concert ever was Diana Ross and the Jackson five, which freaks mm-hmm. me out by the way, super jealous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you could see any show any music show from history. I'm giving you all of human history. I mean, you could come at me and be like 15th century madrigals and I'd be like, cool. Uh, (laughs) But if you could see any show from history, what show would you want to be in the audience for? Mm, Here's what I'm going to say, Lauren. I've never had this question before in all of my- Are you serious? I've never had this question. I've heard, I've had top 10, top 10 concerts, top 10 events that you've ever seen. Um, I would love, um, can I give you two, one that didn't occur and one that I wish I would have gone to? I will allow it. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So I wish (laughs) that, that I could rewrite history and go back to 2009 Mm -hmm. and see what was going to be the, this is it tour with Michael Jackson. Okay. So in July, that show was scheduled to go off. It was, and obviously we know um, that it didn't, but if I could rewrite history, that would be one that I would want to. Yeah. And I would have loved to have been in Atlanta for Prince's last show. <gasps> oh, you just said Prince and that freaked me out because mm-hmm. that is actually, he's like on my, my top five of shows that I had wish I had seen. Yes. Uh, like when the Elton John tickets came, like when we knew that Elton John was coming to mm-hmm. town, like I called Matt, I was like, please, 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 please. Cause I didn't want to miss another opportunity like missing prince absolutely um, he does a rendition if you folks if you go to youtube there's a, uh, a he does a it's while my guitar gently weeps it's a tri- it's during a tribute to george harrison of the beatles mm-hmm. and there are all of the like tom petty is up on stage and like all of these like super well-known uh musicians and prince just comes in and creams them all <laughs> on yes. the guitar like it's it's crazy mm-hmm. uh so he is one of my favorite artists and i, I love that you just said Prince. That makes me really Yes. Happy. Here's my little nugget of, uh, again, great, amazing parents, um, yes. Rose and Jean. Um, I remember distinctly being incredibly annoyed that they would not allow me to go stand out in the rain at seventh heaven on truth when I was in seventh grade to get my line placement for a Prince's show. No. Can you believe right. it? 
they they went down a little bit in my estimation, but clearly I still saw the show. They just wouldn't characters. let me skip skip school to go do it. So. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's okay. All right. Yes. Good stuff. Well, uh, you said Rose and Jean. Is that right? Rose and Jean. Rose yes. and Jean. Well done, Rose and Jean. You you raised a wonderful, empathetic human being. And, you know, you instilled a love of music in her. So, so well done. Round of applause. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, and you say, we're going to say thank you to them. We're also going to say a big thank you to today's episode sponsor, Universal Registered Agents. They can help you set up your new business and most importantly, maintain all aspects of your business compliance. Their goal is to make your job easier so you can focus on what you do best, which is running your business. Connect with them by visiting the link in our show notes. It's universalregisteredagents.com. Shani, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. This is, as I knew it would be, this has been a great conversation uh, that I've very much been looking forward to. Uh, but I'm just, I'm so grateful that you took the time out to, to share a little bit of your story with our, our listeners. Lauren, thank you so much. Invite me back. We can chat some more. Heck yeah. It'll be um, a very exciting time. So we can talk about again as, and look back and celebrate, maybe have a, um, a toast to officially emerging from the pandemic. Ugh. and uh, reflecting on our love of live entertainment this year. Absolutely. I, I would love to do that anytime. Uh, friends, I, I, I hope, actually, you know what? I'm going to say in the comments, tell us what you would like Shani and I to talk about on our next episode. Uh, that would be super, super cool and interesting. Uh, and then I am also, I'm going to just tell you, uh, I, I'm going to point you actually to our Facebook chat group. I don't know if y'all know this, but on Facebook, we have a Startup Hustle chat group. Uh, we you can talk to the hosts like myself, Matt DeCorsi, Matt Watson. We're all pretty active in the group. Uh, would lo- oh, Andrew Morgans, we would love to see you. Uh, just join the community and join the conversation. Hashtag join the hustle. You know, you know how it goes. Uh, but we would definitely love to see you do that. We also love the fact that you come back to us week after week, friends. You know, the fact that you listen to us with all of the other podcasts out there. It's an honor. We love telling the stories of entrepreneurs, founders, and thought leaders and influencers for you week after week. We want to keep on doing it. Please keep coming back and thank you for listening. We will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.